Hallelujah. It's becoming more and more evident that <clears throat> I do not belong here. Our citizenship is in heaven, so although we have the comfort of the Holy Spirit here with us, we should feel less and less like we belong here. Amen? And more and more identify with our citizenship in heaven. We're going to continue uh, the message, the message going deeper with Jesus. Uh, We may go ahead and just for the sake of some and for the sake of some of our memories to kind of quickly go where we've been. Um, But let's pray. Lord God, there really is no place else I'd rather be in this moment because you said in your word and it is absolute truth that where two or more are gathered in your name you're in the midst I know that there are more than two in this room came here because of the name of Jesus so thank you Lord Jesus for being true to your word and being here with us this morning and there really isn't any place else that I would rather be Oh, I take that back Lord you know I'd rather be with you in glory right now Nevertheless, Lord, you've seen fit that we're not there with you right now, so you still have purpose and plan for us to be here where we are. So, Lord, I pray that somehow, some way through this service that you would minister to us, Father, that we would be more prepared, we would be more conformed to the image of Jesus, that we may fulfill the purpose and plan that you have us here for. Father, I really do believe that my citizenship is in heaven, as though some of these with us do feel the same. But we do feel like, Lord, you have us here for a reason. And so, Lord, I pray that the reason, the purpose, the calling that you have on our lives, Father, would be made more real to us because we've spent this time this morning in your presence. So, Holy Spirit, lead, guide, and direct us in all truth. Get us out of our own way that we may have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive what it is that you would have for us to have this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. So we're going to go real quick in Ephesians. Like I said, we'll recap just a little bit of where we were last week. Remember the premise. Remember the platform. This is about going deeper with Jesus. Amen? So in Ephesians chapter 3, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Look at this verse 17 with me. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. My brothers and sisters, I know I said this last week, but we have to know this, that it is God's will. We, We need to know something that is unknowable. That makes no sense, Pastor. It doesn't make sense for human beings. It doesn't. That's why His Holy Spirit ministers to us. That's why He did what He did, so that we would be able to know 
the, the, the deepness, the love, the love that only God has, the love that only God is, that we would be able to recognize that, we would be able to come acquainted with that. And listen, remember when it says to know, it doesn't mean just to have a, an intellectual level of knowledge. It doesn't mean just to have, a, 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 you know, to know about it. It means to experience it, to know by experience. We know, we're acquainted with, we experience the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. But so now look at some of these keys to remember if we're going deeper with Jesus. Through that you only can know this through faith, right? Right? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. You have to have these roots. You have to be grounded in this love that God is. Amen? You need to be rooted and grounded. And the whole thing is for us to comprehend, for us to know, to be acquainted with, experience this love of God, which changes us. Amen? Okay, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was starting to worry, but it's just a little bit. All right, so now remember where we were in Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has, not, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, so remember, I know I read that fast, but I want to get through this. But remember, that there is another key. Another key to going deeper with Jesus. And what is that? Endurance. We must be able to endure just as he endured what he had to endure on the cross. And oh, by the way, before he even went to the cross... All of the things that he endured. He endured life like you and I do. None of us have been put to the cross physically. None of us have been crucified or, or killed yet. None of us have. But here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. Some of the things that he experienced before he went to that cross, we experience. He had people walk off from him. He preached a tough message. And I could definitely read. He preached a tough message and people walked away. People that he healed. People that he fed. People that were, oh, pa- oh pa- Rabbi, we love you. Oh, Rabbi, talk to us. Oh, Rabbi, pray for us. Oh, Rabbi. And then he preached a message that they didn't like. They couldn't understand. It was too hard for them to receive. And they walked away from him. His own family thought he was crazy. Does anybody have experience like that? <laughs> Come on. Right? The people, the same people who he loved on and who loved on him on that day when they had the choice to go ahead and free him and let Barabbas stay in prison. Let Barab- they said, give us Barabbas. What should we do with Jesus? Crucify him. So before he even went to the cross, he suffered like you and I, didn't he? But he endured. He endured. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that he endured. So there's another key. And so remember also in Colossians where we were together, beginning verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And this is the thing, this fullness that we have in God, everything that we have in Christ, he wants us to realize this. Why? Oh gosh, this is ministering to me so hard this morning. Because just what I just said a moment ago, I'm a stranger in a strange land. I'm a, I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner here. We're all on a journey here. My citizenship is in heaven. But while I'm here, I need to be strengthened and comforted. Come on, have any of you ever spent a long time away from your home? Business trip, whatever. Missions trip, whatever it was. Man, and you know you couldn't wait to get home. Did you ever feel just like when you were in a place and it wasn't for any good reason other than you just weren't home? 
and you missed home. I remember when I was a little kid literally getting homesick. I wanted to go home. I was spending time a couple of towns over with my cousin, and my uncle had to drive me all the way home. Only because I wanted to be home. I was in a strange place. I wa- I wa- you, oh, oh, come on, can anybody feel me this morning? Okay, so while we're sojourners, while we're on this journey in this place, it doesn't always feel good. I'm telling you, it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel right, does it? It's not all peaches and cream. It's not all these lollipops and sunshine. Like all these other doctrines and theology, you're pressing it right around the corner. Just put a thousand dollars and you're going to be blessed. Yeah. Now, it doesn't work that way. And you know that. But what do we have? What we have is Jesus has given us all the fullness. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. He led captivity captives and sent down gifts for men. My brothers and sisters, He sent us gifts. And God is God. Not, he's not trying to keep this a big secret. He wants us to realize. He wants us to know the love that He has. To know it. To be experienced with it. And then also realize all of this fullness that we have in Him. Amen? So now, for it pleased the Father that in Him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. We have access to all this fullness. And by Him, to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on earth, things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your own mind, wicked works, by wicked works, yet now has He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death. Listen to this. To present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in His sight. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. It doesn't matter what, they, what you did in your past. It doesn't matter what any man's opinion of you is. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are holy, blameless, and above reproach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell, tell me. Tell me how ugly I am. No, don't really. No, tell me. Tell me about all of my faults. I know I have them, and so does he. If I didn't have him, he would not have had to go to the cross. The fact is, I'm depending so much at that cross where I laid down those faults. And then when they're through this walk with him, as I'm journeying with him, and this fullness is being revealed to me, and I'm making these mistakes still, and I find myself having to go back, and, and, and Jesus, forgive me, you pointed this out to me, but I, but I still, I had this fullness. I'm still his son. He doesn't kick me to the curb. Hallelujah. That's this fullness. But to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in His sight. If indeed, if indeed what? See that if. If. Indeed, if. You're not just talking about it, you're doing it indeed. Continue in the faith. Grounded, steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Now remember, those same keys about going deeper, staying, they're right in that uh, scripture as well. It's in total harmony. Look at what it says. Continue steadfast and are not moved away. Endurance. That speaks to endurance, doesn't it? Continuing and being steadfast and being not moved. Look at what he's talking about again in 23. Faith. And you're grounded. Remember that grounded. That's very important. So as we're moving on now, those are, that's what we talked about last week, but I just get excited about it. I'm sorry. I just, and we have to bring everybody up to speed. So now, continuing now, going deeper with Jesus. Going deeper. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to, the, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, fleshly people, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. 
For you're still cardinal. Car- carnal, excuse me. <laughs> you're still carnal. For where, there, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? Listen. This is the apostle. This is Holy Spirit speaking to the apostle, to the church. He's not speaking to people who are just seriously, who just walked in the door and are try, he's trying to evangelize. He's speaking to the church. And he's saying, listen, you, I, I wanted to feed you milk. You need to be moving on. You need to be going deeper. But I can't lead you in that. I can't speak to you in that manner because you're still on the milk. There's still, you're still carnal. You're still, you know, you're still being guided and led by your flesh. So I can't teach you the deeper things. I can't give you the meat. Come on. Hallelujah. In Hebrews it says this, 5, just listen. 5, 12, and 13. For, for, for by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have, not come, you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He is a babe. My brothers and sisters, many of us have been together for a long time, and many of you haven't been here for a long time. You've been in church for a long time. We need to take this and look at ourselves. Take this and look at ourselves. Are we progressing or, are, you know, do we understand more of the Word of God? And, and they, you know, maybe we've memorized more Scripture, but are we living what we're reading? Are we more able to live what we're reading? Right? Because remember the word indeed, what he said. Indeed. If indeed you are, right? If indeed. Not, you know, just if you're thinking about it, if you're meditating on it, if you've, you know, memorized some Scripture. If indeed. If you're walking it out. And my brothers and sisters, nothing hurts a teacher, a pastor, uh, especially a pastor. There are a lot of preachers who will get up in the pulpit and, and these men, you know, I don't, I, I'm not responsible for their activity or action, but I, I am responsible for my own. And, and as a teacher and as a preacher, but more, more importantly as a pastor, that's why I cannot let those things happen. When It, it troubles my heart to answer some of the questions that, that, that I have to answer sometimes for people that have been with me for a number of years. Now, I understand everybody learns at a different rate, and so I'm not, I don't want to embarrass anybody, and I hesitate to say this, but I'm just saying how this is so relatable because, my brothers and sisters, there are certain things that we just fail to, to advance in, and a lot of it, that's why we're not going deeper because there are some things that we're still hanging on to because it appeals to our, our humanness, our flesh. And if we were to advance with Jesus, there are some of these things that we're going to find out they need to be purged out of us. Even some of the things, listen, we may not act them out, but we think them. They're still there. Now watch, watch. Thank God that you're not acting them out. Okay? But if that urge, if that thought is still there, if that still meditates or rolls around in your mind, right? What does the Bible? The Bible tells us to take into captivity every thought. Why? Because if you think on it long enough, it's going to become an action. So that's why the Bible tells us the Word of God... Holy Spirit reminds us, take into captivity every thought that, listen, that tries to raise itself, elevate itself against the Word of God. So my brothers and sisters, that's important for us to keep in mind. Keep what in mind? Not the thought. What He tells us. Take, and think on these things, right? Doesn't He tell us that also? Hallelujah. I, I, 
I'm going to read to you. We're going to, to continue now in going deeper. I'm going to read from you, for you uh, Mark chapter 4. I'll read a few verses and then we'll break it down. In chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And again, he, Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables. And he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and birds of the air came by and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop, then sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Hallelujah. And he said to them, he who has ears, let him hear. My brothers and sisters, as we know, um, you know they were con- kind of confused about this. They, they all didn't understand what he was saying. And uh, now I'm going to go forward, and it will be on the screen. We'll go forward and, and, and mark, beginning in verse 13, chapter 4. And he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand the parables? The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So the seed is the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Sown where? In their hearts. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. Who when they... I want to... Let me pause here for a minute. These likewise are the ones... He's talking about people. Right? Okay, just make sure. On stony ground, who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so, and so endure only for a time. You need to be grounded. You need to be grounded. Right? And you need endurance. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution rises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. I want you to remember that, good ground. Sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so this parable is about the seed, the sower. It's about sowing the word and and. and um, what is the ground? What's the ground? Our hearts. Amen? The ground is our hearts. So, uh, let, me, let me say something else here. Remember, Jesus was resurrected, and after he was resurrected, you know, remember, uh, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene went to the apostles, and they were kind of like in disbelief. I saw him, that he's alive. And they were in disbelief. And remember, I think, uh, I'm not sure if the synoptics had it. I, yeah, I know John has it where Peter and John ran to the tomb. Remember that? Okay, then there were a couple of others, on the two on the road to Emmaus. When Jesus appeared to them, they went back to Jerusalem. Remember? They were on the road to Emmaus. They spent time. They ate with, with Jesus. Jesus blessed the food, broke the bread. And then immediately he revealed himself to them. And they ran back to tell everybody at Jerusalem. They saw the mass. They saw Jesus is alive, right? 
But now look in, in, um, in Mark. Jesus appeared again to all of the disciples, obviously not Judas Iscariot. Verse 14 of Mark 16. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Did you hear that? He rebuked what? Their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Their hardness of heart. So we're talking about now going deeper with Jesus, right? In order to go deeper with Jesus... To me, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all of these keys and all of these things and I read this and it's like, okay, in order for me to go deeper with Jesus, I have to be good ground. Right? So, so, so now I've I got to ask myself, am I good ground? I, I, I need this seed. I need this thing. To, I need His Word to be grounded and I need it to be sown into good ground. Am I good ground? I, I need to ask myself. Am I, am, examine myself. Am I good ground? Am I good ground? Amen? So now let's look back at a scripture that we're familiar with. We were there last week as well. But in Hebrews 11.6, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember that, right? And this is a scripture that's common to all of us. But I want to, I want to draw your attention to some things right here, right? He who comes to God must believe that he is. The first thing, this is so rudimentary that when I say it, you know, somebody, well, why do I even need to come here? Why did, I, why did I turn that on? I could have listened to somebody else. I could have listened to one of the big time celebrity preachers and listened to this guy tell me that I have to believe that he's God. You do have to believe that he is God. And remember, this is written to the church. I must, I must believe that he is God. Well, I do believe he's God. Who? Jesus. I have to believe that Jesus is God, number one. And here's the thing. If I believe that he is God, then that means I have to get off the throne of my life and stop acting as king of my own life, as God of my own life. Are you there? There's my problem right there. Tony is still God of his life. So first thing I need to know is, if I want to have a heart that's good ground, I need to go ahead and get off the throne of my heart and allow Him to have the throne of my heart. I have, if I say, well, He's God, and I'm sure of it, I say it not just because I'm confessing it with my mouth because you know, I'm, I'm hedging my bets. Because there's some things that I know. Man, that Revelation is a pretty scary book. And there's some things I know. And I'm, I, you know, I may have to stand before God in judgment, so I'm going to hedge my bets. Yeah, Jesus is God. Yeah, I believe Him. Okay. Now, if you really believe Him, then that means you're no longer in control of your own life. He is. He's God. I'm not. Come on. Oh, boy. We just had about 15 of them shut off the computer. No, I'm just, I'm just having a little bit of fun. But, but see, my, that's my brother's just... I'm telling you that we all have that struggle. And to the degree that we don't allow Him to sit on the throne of our life is the degree that we continue to have trouble and we don't go deeper with Him. Are you with me? Okay. Alright, I'm, I'm glad you're in agreement with me. So now let's look at Jeremiah in, in chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. You could uh, mark this down, read it later. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. Farming term. Right? That was an agrarian culture. Break up your fallow ground. Break up, soften up, loosen up your hard heart, and do not sow among thorns. Sound familiar? Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts, (laughs) you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Do you see what he's saying? 
See, now, listen, the prophets all Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, they're all because, you know, let's just face it. The children of Israel is like me, up and down. Up and down. You know what? They're having problems. You know, they're flying after God when things are going like, you know, pretty good. God's not so much on their mind. So now, they're experiencing problems and God is telling them, here's why you're experiencing problems. Right? You've gotten hardened in your heart. You're, you're, you're not receiving the things of God. You're not receiving my word. You're not receiving the things that I'm telling you. You've hardened your heart. So he's saying, break up the fallow ground and stop sowing among the thorns. See, you're looking too much at this life. Let's go to Mark. Let's go back to Mark and 4. Remember Mark 4.19. And this, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entered and choked out the words. That's speaking to sowing among the thorns, Remember? So you're sowing among thorns. What, what are you talking about? Because you're still, you're half in, you're half out. You know, you're receiving the Word and the Word is getting in your heart, but you, know, you're, you still have all of these other cares and all of these other things that are mixed in with your heart. You still have the desire to get things. You still have the desire for riches. You still, listen, you still want what you want regardless of what I've, listen, listen to me. You still want what you want regardless of the purpose and the plan that I've called you to. Isn't that right? And that's, that's carnal Christian. And, and believe me when I say this, and I don't say it very lightly, if you continue to live as a carnal Christian, you will not be a Christian. The cares of this life, the riches, the desires for things, they enter and choke out the Word. This, you know... Let's think about it, man. You know, I, I'm not immune to... None of us are immune to it. we got to live here. You know, different ones of us... You know, we, there's some things that we definitely suffer in common. But there are some things, depending on where we are in the seasons of life, we may be suffering something just a little bit different. But the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, the, it still boils down to, am I open before God? Am I, listen, am I allowing God to be truly God in my life? Do I have faith enough in Him to let Him be? Am I letting the Word now? Because, see, if I'm, if I'm not letting Him be God in my life, if I'm not doing it indeed, then that Word really doesn't have a chance to get grounded. It doesn't send that root down. It's shallow. Shallow. Instead of going deep, we remain shallow with God. And then we're subject to be, get beat about the head and shoulders by the enemy of our soul. Who all He doesn't care. Listen, let me just tell you something. Satan doesn't care about you believing in God. He believes in God. Satan doesn't want everybody to be an atheist. He doesn't care about that. He just doesn't want you to serve the true and living God. So he's going to do everything he can to distract you. He's going to do everything he can to bring bad news to your doorstep all the time so you get frustrated. Or he's going to go ahead and bring the riches into your life. To bl- oh, Satan can bless you. Yes, he can bless you. He told Jesus, serve me. And I'll give you all. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. It's what he said. It's been put in my authority. Why? Because Adam gave it to him. So here we are, and that's all he can do is distract us and manipulate us. He doesn't care if you believe in God. He believes in God, and he and the and listen. And hell was made for him, not you. Come on. Oh man, I'm about to pop a gasket here. So now let's look at Hosea together. In Hosea chapter 10. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. 
break up your fallow ground. What is that fallow ground? The hard heart. Soften up your heart. Make your heart good ground. Make your heart good ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Those who diligently seek Him will be rewarded in Hebrews. Isn't that what we just read together a moment ago? Seek the Lord. So look at Seek the Lord. Let's, let's, let's pause here for a moment. Remember, if I'm seeking the Lord, I'm putting His... I'm, 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 I'm going after Him. He's got my time. He's got my attention. Yeah, but Tony, i got to work. i got the kids. I got. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. In, in everything, in everything, the Lord is part of our life. As a father, the Lord's told us how to be a father. As a husband, He's told us how to be husbands. As wives, as children, He's told us these things. So when we're living according to His Word in our role as father, in our role as mother, in our role as children, as child of, 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 of parents, and when we're living our lives, in the, we're worshiping God, we're seeking God. Come on now, we're living it out. When we're living it out, that's what He's talking about. So if we're diligently seeking Him, man, that's, that's soft ground. That's good ground. Come on. All right, don't get too excited. I don't want you. Come on. All right, so, so seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. Oh, this speaks volumes to me this morning, y'all. It should speak volumes to all of us in this culture, in this climate that we live in. We're listening to so many lies. Our children are being told so many lies about so many different... We can't even trust what they tell us about history anymore. They're telling us all of these things. Forget about... uh, I don't care. uh, Psychologists and psychiatrists and blah, blah, blah. They need to get saved. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, when when I look at these things, here's what it's telling us. you're, You're trusting in your own way. You're trusting in modern technology. You're trusting what the news is telling you. You're trusting what this group is telling you. You're trusting what that group is telling you. You're, listen, look what it says here. In the multitude of your mighty men. So now specifically as God is speaking to Israel, He's saying you're trusting in your own armies to fight your battles for you. Oh, please. And, and I'll say, so Tony, how does that relate? It relates 100% and absolute totally. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not, it doesn't matter to me, it does to a degree, but it, I'm going to say, spiritually, it does not matter to me who the president is. It does not matter to me how big the United States Army is. Will it affect me? It absolutely will affect me. But for eternity, it won't affect me. My eternity is with him. I may have to endure something. Oh, there's that word, there's that key. I may have to endure some things while I'm here. Come on now. But listen, if I'm depending on the president, the Congress, if I'm depending on the army, if I'm depending on anybody or anything else other than him, it's misplaced. It's misplaced. That's what, the, that's what the message to these people are, to his people, to his children, and we've been grafted in. It does, this Old Testament is just and real and pertinent for us today as his children, as it was for his children back then. We're His people. We've been grafted in. And my brothers and sisters, when He's saying this to them, you've eaten the fruit of lies. How many lies are being perpetuated out there each and every day? It is a shame what they're doing on these social media platforms right now. They are giving a lopsided view of everything. And I don't care which side of the fence you're on. I don't care if you call yourself a progressive. I don't care if you call yourself a conservative. I don't care who you are. You should be, you should be absolutely so offended 
that these big corporations, this big money, is able, is trying to teach our kids things or steer our kids in a certain direction. That's exactly what they're doing. Is you know what? Just say what you say. Tell me the truth and let me decide. They can't. Because they don't want you to make a decision that would go against what their machine is working toward. So they got to continue to lie to you, lie to your kids, and try to steer this whole thing in the direction that they want it to go. Here we go. You have eaten the fruit of lies. So we listen to all of this stuff, and does it help our hearts to get soft? No! Our hearts are getting hardened. Come on now. Oh man, I'm preaching so much truth up in here, you can't even make noise about it. I'm preaching so much truth in here, it's starting to... I think I'm stepping on somebody's toes. My brothers and sisters, we're listening to so many lies, our hearts are getting hardened. Break up the follow... I'm here to tell you, we need to soften our hearts. We need to be... We need to be... Listen, we need to be good ground. So that word can go ahead and be sown in there, take some root, and then it doesn't matter what they say to me about my brother Eddie. It doesn't matter what they say to me about my brother. It doesn't matter what they say to me. It does, it, it, they, they can't tell me something. Amen. They can't tell me that I can't love someone because they're different than me. They can't tell me that I can't love someone because maybe they have some issues in their lives. They can't tell me. You know why? Because I heard something, you see. I heard something in here that God is love. Unconditional. And the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by Holy Spirit. So they can't tell me that I can't do that. They can't tell me that I should have some arts with somebody because they're a different uh, gender or they're a different age or they got a lot more money than I have or they're a different color. They come from a different color. They can't tell me that. Why? Because the Word of God has taken root in my heart. Hallelujah. So you can go ahead and lie all you want to. You can go ahead and tell the African American people that uh, I'm racist automatically just by being this color and that I should be having my heart hardened for, uh, toward other ethnic groups because they're trying to take over all the white people. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what's going on right now. They're trying to divide us. They're trying to divide the church. They're trying to keep us out of church because we're believing all of this stuff. If you go to church, you're going to die of COVID. No, don't laugh. It's the truth. There's, a, there's, there's pastors that are suffering consequences for not closing churches. They'll open the strip clubs, but they'll close down the churches. Tell me. Now listen. I'm sorry. Let me let me go the other way. <laughs> Friends, uh, the Lord loves you and He has a blessing for you right around the corner. The truth is He does. The truth is He does. But we have to endure and we have to be good ground. Right? The problem is when we're constantly told that it's supposed to be this way, it's supposed to be that, and we start buying it, and they start preaching it from pulpits and stuff like this, we're, that's not good ground. We're not rooted. And then what happens is the sun shines. And all of a sudden that plant says, Whoop. Why? Because it's not rooted deep enough. Very shallow rooted. That's what all those teachings will bring you. They're all shallow. Man, we need to go deep with Jesus because He knows that in this world you'll have trouble. He told us that. In this world, didn't he have trouble? 
Oh, he had the ultimate in trouble, didn't he? But be of good cheer because he overcame that. And he wants us to be deep with him. Not deep intellectually, not to be able to explain. Man, I'm so tired of people. Watch this, do that. Oh, this is the, watch this TV show, watch that, blah, 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 this. And man, the last thing I saw was something about, they watered it down so much it had no, it, 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 it actually, it, it was so not what the Bible talks about. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Now we got pastors and preachers and teachers or whatever, you know, making uh, TV shows and movies, uh, com- combining with sinful people and making uh, entertainment and doing it for the cause. The cause of what? Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Always be ready to give, listen, give reason for the hope that lies within you. Period. Don't look like them. Don't try to mix and match with them. Don't put on shows and concerts and and theaters so that you can get them in. Because if you get them in with that, you're going to have to continue to do that to keep them in. No. Get them rooted and grounded so that when the the pressure comes, they will endure. Our kids need to know this because the pressure is here. I, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. How about that? <laughs> Hallelujah. So now I'm going back to Hebrews. I'm going back and I'm going to have you all over the place before we're out of here. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need of milk and not of solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Right? But now look what it says in 14. I didn't show you that earlier. I kept it a secret. In verse 14, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, to the Apostle right here? Look at this. Solid food belongs to those who are full age. And who is that? Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. You know what that means? Those who are living... The word that they know, they start putting to use what they're learning. The very, see, we were basics. We were taught as babes and we started putting that to use. And once we start putting that to use, the Holy Spirit now has a conveyance in us, through us, and by us. When we get in the middle of those situations, we don't react like we did before we were born again. And now we see something different. And so now we, when we experience that, that grace... That grace, that power of God flowing through us because of the word that's in us, now all of a sudden, yeah, we're, give us more. But when we never put it to use and we don't have that experience, we're a little bit indifferent to it. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll do my time on Sunday and Wednesday because I've got to check the box because, again, I'm hedging my bets. If this Jesus is real that Tony's talking about, I'm going to be able to stand by. I believe in you, Jesus. Uh, you know, I'm going straight to heaven. Mm-hmm. No, this is it. By, listen, look what it says. Mary, oh, thank you for leaving that up. Listen, by, by reason of use, because they lived what they knew, what little bit that they knew when they were based, but they, they started to grow. Why? Why did they grow? Because they just drank, 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 drank? No. No. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't know how this applies, but this struck me. You know my, my two grandbabies. I can never get tired of talking about my two grandbabies, my two new ones. I love all my grandkids. I love all my grandkids, I promise. <laughs> but the two babies, li- listen to this now. They're, they're walking. Some of you know that they're beginning to walk. 
And yesterday when we were spending a little bit of time, I, know, I, I can't remember if it was Brinley or McKinley, but she was walking and then she you know, got down and she was going to try to crawl and she didn't get straight to her knees, so I'm thinking maybe it was Brinley. <laughs> so she, she still, but watch, Rachel comes out, no, 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 baby, and picks her up. No, 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 let's walk. And let her go, and she walked a little bit, and she started to go down on her knees again. So Rachel picked her up and bam, whacked her. No, she didn't, I didn't. <laughs> Just making sure you were still listening. No, so Rachel picks her up again and says, no, 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 let's walk. See, now, now what happens? See, we, we, we want our pastors, our preachers, our teachers not to correct us, not to tell us that we need to be doing this or doing that, right? And then what happens is we stay babes. No, those babies now are getting more confident, right? See, at first they're all shaky. They want something to hang on to. You know, they're still hanging on the hands because they don't quite want to fall down yet. They still got that diaper to pat them, but if they miss the diaper, something might get hurt. Or they're still, or it's this instinct that God gave them to protect themselves and they don't want to fall on their face or that. And they're, listen, come on, you stay with me. So by experience, they're walking, they're walking, sometimes with mama's hands, and then, how about y'all, remember when you learned how to ride your bicycle without the training wheels? Right? Oh, I don't know about you, but I had them training wheels, and, and boom, boom, and then, you know, mom or dad was behind there holding the seat, and then they let go without you knowing? Remember that? Remember, you remember that? Remember when you fell on your knee? And that, all that, boy, <laughs> you let go! <laughs> But it's by experience. Listen, my brothers and sisters, but listen, the more you do it, the more you experience it, listen, that's what this is all about. God is telling us, you've got to be good ground. And in order for you to be good ground, you've got to start putting some of this little baby stuff that you to work. And then, listen, God is not going to leave you alone. God is going to be like, Holy Spirit. Rachel was the picture of Holy Spirit yesterday. That baby's going down, and she, no, no, no. And then one time, try to get her before she went all the way down. No, no, no. Let's, let's walk. Let's walk this out. Right? That's what Holy Spirit is doing in your life and in my life. No, no, no. Don't do that. No, no, no. Don't listen to that. No, no, no. Don't watch that. No, no, no. Don't do that. We still have a choice. Come on. Oh, I love this word. I, I love this word. In Ephesians chapter 4. This will be the last one today, I almost promise. Almost. Remember I said almost. Chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Did you hear that? See, we go to church, we congregate, we have all of this stuff, not so that you have a place to drop off your kids, not so that we can have Christian concerts and celebrations. Should we? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. I love that. I love the fact that you can drop your kids off here. Most of those kids in that room, not all, most of those kids in that room, their parents aren't even here. I love the fact that we have somebody else that cares enough about them to bring them to church. And I love the fact that they can't say anything. Uh, you know, uh, we, we're teaching them the Word of God in there. So I love it. So, so when I say this things, these things, that doesn't mean, I, oh, that's all negative, it's all sin. It's all, I'm not saying that. But what, let's not get away from the purpose. The purpose of a gathering together is to edify, build up the body, so that all of our gifts work together for the building up of the whole body. And each of us has a responsibility in building up that body. Well, how do you know that, Tony? Because look, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Listen to this now. Watch this with me. To a perfect, thank you, Mary. To a perfect man, the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Listen, there we go again. Think about that. Again, the fullness of Christ. Remember, we, we have to attain. We, God is he's giving us all this fullness. Now, if we are not going deeper, we're not going to experience all, all this fullness. And there's no way we can go deeper without breaking up that hard ground in our hearts by, by being good ground as he's planting that word. And then, my brothers and sisters, now we know. Let's put all this stuff together. Now we know we can't grow and we can't be good ground if we're not walking it out. The stuff that we're learning, we walk it out and then we learn by experience. We're not just guessing at it. We're not just imagining it. We just don't have an intellectual level uh, experience with it. We're actually living it out. Are you with me? Okay. To a perfect man, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. Hello? McFly? Speaking the truth in love. We have to tell the truth. You know, we have to tell the truth. Does this shirt make me look fat, Steve? Are you telling the truth? <laughs> no, and I, and I said that kiddingly, but you know what this means, right? My brothers and sisters, we're so afraid to offend everybody that we, we, we can't even be honest in, in, in the public forum anymore. That doesn't mean we're brutally honest. That doesn't mean we're brutally honest. <laughs> That does, no, no I'm t- that doesn't mean we're brutally honest. Shh. There went the greens right there. I know, no more greens. Listen, listen but, but ser- seriously, hear my heart. That doesn't mean we get to be brutally honest in the name of the Lord. And that doesn't mean we have to take it upon ourselves to be everybody's f- fruit inspector. Right? If, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to help, and I've told you this before, there's a difference between saying, you know what, Catherine, you've got a big problem. We're saying, Catherine, I love you, sister. You know what I noticed? And if you need help in this, I want you, I want, I want you to know. I, I will pray for you. I'll do whatever I can to help you. Is there a difference? Absolutely. If someone, if someone came to me and told me a truth, and they told me, I'll, I'll receive it. It has happened. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but more than once. <laughs> but it's, it's happened. But there's a difference between someone who's trying to accuse you or somebody's trying to be spiritually elevated or someone who's trying to, you know, speaking out of e- e- an evil heart or an ego or, you know what I mean, than someone who just truly is concerned for you and loves you. And that's what we need to do. We can't be afraid to tell the truth in love. But my brothers and sisters, we're getting shut down on, and our, our children are being steered because if they say certain things on, on Facebook and Snaptrap and Instaslam and Tic-Tac-Toe, uh, all of this stuff, when they do all of that and they're getting nailed by other people or now they're shutting people down, I mean, that's, that's just what I'm saying. These are deceitful men, trickery and all this other stuff. And there's enough people that are in pulpits now worrying about the same thing. Spe- compromising the Word of God so that they still remain popular. And my brothers and sisters, we can't do that. Why? Because we're put in, we are put in the positions as leaders to listen, to tell the truth, to prepare 
the people, to prepare the saints for the work of ministry. Ministry is tough. Anybody say amen? Ministry is tough. You know, we've had so many people through this church. I, I can, I'm not going to name names, but there are so many people who I've offended. And now I'm not standing here telling you that because I'm saying they were wrong and I was right. I'm not saying that. That's not the spirit in which I'm saying. I'm bringing this. I'm not sure how many of them are still in churches or I, I just don't know. But my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. If I'm telling the truth, right, and you, you, you take it in, and if it applies to you, this is what I always say. I eat the meat and spit out the bones. There's going to be some stuff that absolutely Holy Spirit is, is ministering to me. Sometimes when I go to church, so I, I've had people, we, we'd be in a great church, but there were some times I went and I heard stuff that I had already known, but I heard it in a different way. And that's how I learned. I learned how to be a minister from Lorraine Livingston, to tell you the truth. I mean, I learned from a lot of people, but as far as preaching and teaching, I learned a lot from that man. A lot from that man from the pulpit as he was teaching and preaching, but then also some of the one-on-ones, just sure enough. And it wasn't one-on-ones where he's giving me a, te- he's giving me a, a lesson or teaching me. It's one-on-one where you get to experience life pl- on a golf course. And we're playing golf together. And the mannerisms and the, and the way he goes about things and, the, and, and some of the conversations that we did have where you know that that man that's preaching from the pulpit is the same man that's out of the pulpit. He's not preaching something to sound good or to fill a church. He's preaching what he believes. And I learned so much because of that. So what I'm saying to you is, I could sit in that and hear a message that, on a subject that I've already heard, but there was some of the way that he delivered it and some of his style that made it so much more receptive. I was able to receive it so much more easy. And not only that, it taught me that how I could teach somebody else. See, am I, did I lose you? See, see, so that's what I'm saying. So it's always good. So if we're in church and maybe we hear something that, meh, you know, it didn't apply to me, but how was it said? Can I learn anything about how it was said? Can, is there a part of my life that does need to be straightened out in that area? Or, you know, are you with me? Okay, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to get all wordy. But speak in the truth and love that we may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. He is God. I'm not. Remember, we see, we've got to go back to that. You got, you know, he's he's a reward. You, you first thing, you have to believe that he is. He is God. Jesus is God. I have to believe that, and I want to go deeper with him. So I have to keep my heart softened. Plow it up. Plow it up. Hey, can I get the praise team to come up here? Start migrating this way. We're going to sing uh, fire. What was that? Set a fire. That's what we're going to sing here in a minute. As they're coming, and I, I, I listen, I don't want to, listen, I, 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 listen, I'm not trying to be segmented here, but I, I, we need to close it down because I, I, could, I could, honestly, I could go all day. So let's get some takeaways. And we need to, how do we, how do we keep our hearts soft? How do we keep our hearts soft? First, first, I think it's very important, we need to live what we know already. Amen? Stop listening to the lies. Right? Right? Those are, those are some, some, you know, get off the throne of your own life. Let, let Jesus be God in your life. Let Jesus truly be God in your life. These things, stay humble before Him. He's God. I'm not. 
Right? So if I'm, if I'm doing all of these things, if I honestly believe that He's God and I stay humble before Him, receiving His Word and let it take root and then walk what I already know so He can give me more. Don't listen to the lies. As you're walking what you already know, when these people start lying to you, Holy Spirit inside of you is going to tell you that's not totally true. And if something is partly false, Throw it all away. If I stood up here and I preached and I taught mostly the truth, but every once in a while I inserted something, would you still come? You better not. You better not. If I was, if if Michelle told me the, my wife, Michelle, if my wife told me the truth most of the time, would that mean that she's a good wife? Would that be, should I trust her? How would I know when to trust her? How would I know when she's telling the truth and when she's not? If that propensity is there, are you with me? So, so now, Tony, what you got off the subject? No, I'm, I'm telling you, this is so important. Parents, be honest with your children. Be honest, not brutally honest. Be honest with your children and don't be afraid to have conversations with your children as it relates to what they're being taught. And you need to go ahead and make sure that you have enough Holy Spirit that you're walking with God, that that Word is down inside of you so you can know what are the lies and what is the truth because we're being told so many things. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there because that's so important. Would you stand with me? If you can, stand with me and we'll sing together here in a minute. But before we start singing, I want you to, I want, I want you to really think about this, meditate on this. As we sing this, and you know we've already sang it, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain or I can't control. I want more of you. I want more of him. And I want him to put fresh fire down in my soul. If that is you, if you, listen, if the fresh fire down in your soul is simply to burn away some of the dross, because you know that there's some naughtiness, there's some bad thoughts, and there's some things that have been happening in your life, and you know you've been compromising. Let it be. Let it be. Amen? If the, if the fresh fire down in your soul, if you want that fresh fire, just because you know that you've kind of been mellowed out, you're not, you don't have that same pep in the step, you don't have that same, and I'm talking about work, I'm talking you know, that same spiritual pep in your step. And you just need that. You need a little revival. You need a personal revival. Man, when you're singing this song, just ask him. Just let this, be a, let this song be a psalm. Let it be a prayer to God. And let's mean it with our hearts if, if that's you. Amen? And so we won't have any altar call. You have an altar call right there where you are. Right there where you are. I'm going to go over. I'm going to be praying to God myself. But if you would like me to pray with you, please come up. Come up. And don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. No one's going to know what we're praying about. Amen? Let's, let's get away with... Let's, put a, let's do away with all that. Let's do away with all of that pride and all of that junk and all of that ego and not worry about what people in here think. First of all, if we're still worried about what people in this room think, then I'm, past, I'm not pastoring the right church. Because we love each other and we don't judge each other. If you're having a problem, so what? Join the club. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to go with you to him and ask him to bless you and me. Are you with me? So let's sing this song as a prayer to him. Amen? Amen.